now more than ever, people need to go within and plug into that cellular memory, plug into divine source, detach as much as possible from the matrix. Hello again, everybody. This is James Bartley, and you're watching and listening to the Cosmic Switchboard Show. Today, I have an old friend, Evie Lorgan, and uh, if everything works out, we'll, we'll have uh, David Eckhart join us in a little bit. Uh, this will be a continuing series, a semi-regular program where we're going to be talking about the reptilian issues, and there's some other uh, researchers and therapists that we'll be having on in the future to talk about reptilians from their standpoint because the way Evie and I see it I, I think I could speak for her in this regard that this is where rubber meets the road kind of stuff this is bottom line kind of stuff so much disinformation so much misdirection uh, w what we're doing is getting this information out to people pretty much like us this is not really meant for a general audience people just mired in the surface level Right. Well, this is information for people that have an understanding that there is a reptilian overlordship, that this has been going on for a long time, and there, we may not have reached the end game, uh, but you know, maybe the final curtain isn't rising yet. But this is like the act before the final curtain, <laughs> the final act. So we need to get into the right mindset and recognize what it is that's going on and who our foes are quite frankly so without any further ado uh evie lorgan welcome back well thank you for having me james and we'll just make it an impromptu conversation about what what we talked about and how it connects with the reptilians and our understanding of the the factors that kind of move into this in not only what we discovered early on with the alien abduction mk ultra satanic ritual abuse but how it's playing out psychologically and how it manifests hyperdimensionally and what's going on in the world and these forces that seem to be the same forces working underneath all the time. But there's, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding as the causes and conditions and people are not seeing quote, the forest for the trees getting caught up in the distractions, which is actually part of the game. So if we can understand this for how it works, maybe we can get out of this with less damage because there's a lot going on in the world and you, you know as well as I do the things that are going on are just it's, it's intensifying you know well we're seeing this massive collective trauma meted out again to the populace I mean 9-11 was a scant what 20 years ago now a little over 20 years and boy how much has changed since then and then this whole COVID business has come up in the emotional heartstrings and the psychological games they're playing on people. Oh, we're going to ease the restrictions. Oh, we've just had another spike, of course, because they keep giving these bogus tests. We've had another spike, so we're going to have to push back on easing the restrictions. And it's a yo-yo going up and down, up and down. Meanwhile, depression is uh, going on at a great level. Uh, suicides, domestic violence. Uh, substance abuse going through the roof. It's a huge louche fest. And who is this benefiting? Uh, and I, I like your thoughts on that because there's this notion to this day, Evie, that this is just power mad bankers. This is just corrupt humans. Never mind that the corrupt humans, seemingly humans, but we know they're really reptilian hybrid plantation managers, that 
yes, the, a lot of these surface level truthers will acknowledge, yes, they get involved in all these pagan, Luciferian, uh, satanic rites, but it never, the coin doesn't drop. It doesn't occur to them that there's something not quite human about these practitioners, that they're not like us, right? No. Uh, that they themselves are hybrids, the demigods that were spoken of long ago. So I just, you know, at the outset, I like your thoughts on that because what they've seemed to have done is they. You look at the human race, think of it as like uh, collectively as as a child, and then you just constantly traumatize the child over and over and over, split it off, imbue all these altars in, into it, pervert it every other way, and that that's the human race today. We can just see the difference in uh, the people around us, just how far off the mark they are as far as an understanding of. of what's going on. So please give us your thoughts of, of what brought us up to this stage and, and how this Luciferian, Babylonian, reptilian agenda is playing out before our eyes. Well, I would say it, it's it's playing out and there is some um, awareness in a larger scale happening now in the, in the world with what we call the QAnon movement, which is real big in the US, but also in the world, which are like coded messages for behind the scenes of, you know, the draining the swamp, right, of what's going on in the world happening through primarily the QAnon and the military and Trump and that particular alleged agenda of, you know, clearing the swamp of the pedophiles and the trafficking, which is really run by the, um, I would call it the Illuminati, the more of the satanic bloodline people who are hosted um, by non-human malevolent entities which feed on the blood sacrifice and the sexual torture as well as as many other perverse and disgusting things to get the loose energy and power to carry out their um, agenda so that's part of it and I think part of that is actually true um, but my concern is that there could be another level of deception even beyond that storyline or taking advantage of people believing in that so much, but then not understanding there might be another coup behind it. And maybe it's because I'm a researcher who's researched so many conspiracies and see how they can use, for example, I'm not saying Q is false light, but how false light has manifested even the on the UFO visitation and the ET contact phenomena in particular has um, done a lot of false light types of screen memories and virtual reality scenarios or even they create these things in order to carry out a larger frame agenda that will promote their their long-term goals so you know i'm not sure if i'm answering your question here but i guess i would say that there's definitely what we call a non-human element that will act in and through alleged humans and human bloodlines and people who are weakened or mind controlled, or I think it's a type of corruption that happens on a, not only a physical level, but a psychological and a spiritual level where they get basically taken over by these non-human like reptilians or dracos, or maybe some kinds of demons. You know, we really don't know exactly unless we perceive it clairvoyantly and it happens differently with different people. So, and that compels them to basically carry out was really the old Babylonian um, traditions of ritual blood sacrifice and even sexual sacrifice and sexual rituals, which is part of the corrupted ways of getting um, spiritual power, really. So this, this happened early on in humanity's origin. I think 
some of the fallen angel um, narratives might be what's behind it, but we may not know fully. Well, how did they really corrupt the human race? Or there was like a serpent seed, for example, of the fallen angelics, whose whether the the human or the hybrids born had corrupted genetics such that the real human soul couldn't come through and imbue it with a kind of mm, conscientious-based soul matrix and brain functioning and that i'm i'm sensing that you know maybe there's actually a type of corrupted genetics that makes them have a brain damage that will type of manifest like psychopathic narcissistic personality disorder tendencies where there actually is a brain anomaly that functions differently like people know in brain scans for example of psychopaths in particular like serial killers that their brain scans are different and they do function differently in the brain and i think it's the hijacking or the miss uh, the amygdala doesn't work right and and then we've heard people talk about this who've been involved in mind control projects and i know maybe i'm getting ahead of myself but the point i want to make is i believe there is a physical dna and soul matrix corruption that is propelling um behaviors and consciousness which is harmful to humanity and life through um human sacrifice blood sacrifice sexual torture and and basically narcissistic abuse and control right so that's what's running their behaviors either by the spiritual entities or a combination of those malevolent entities in a corrupted genetic vehicle or vessel that has the brain damage that basically precludes empathy or impulse control with a lower frontal lobe um, capacity as well as maybe the amygdala's messed up and the reptilian brain has um, really taken over so people like max spears i believe it was max spears who really brought a lot of this information out on the you know the sexual torture and trauma-based mind control in his particular project um i don't know if it was the phoenix project montauk project um there was many of the projects or that basically are mk ultra trauma-based but what he basically stated was that when a child is sodomized at an early age, between zero and six years old, um, it forces the kundalini energy to shoot through the body in an unnatural way that blasts open the third eye. And it also could um, scar the brain stem so that they have certain kinds of abilities, not only psychic third eye perception, but overwhelming psychic perception, but... Um, sometimes a photographic memory but other kinds of behaviors and compartmentalization of consciousness which allows an easier programming through multiple personality disorder so basically you know these bloodlines and he's he talked about this for years right and he was murdered probably or or who knows if his death was faked i don't know but I think because of what he spoke out that he basically told the truth in some of the darker areas that we've been aware of over time through the reptilian involvement that kept repeating its itself people reporting you know they're seeing these lizard-like entities overshadowed or uh, taking over someone's body in a temp temporary possession during sexual activity um during like one of these love bite kind of things like an incubi succubi but it's more dramatic in terms of the reptilian appearance and uh, oppression of the person so that definitely has been more of a report that happened over time to not be just 
you know, something that somebody's making up. I think there's something to this whole reptilian thing, which is what we're really talking about, right? So I'll just kind of go stop for here and let you go back to where you want to direct the conversation. Before we came on to do this uh, discussion, Evie, we, we talked about the Mary Henry case, one of the classic cases that Barbie Bartholick shared with us. She shared her contact notes with us, her, uh, her insight and her information gleaned with working with Mary Henry for some years. And that case, to me, it, it encapsulates in so many ways from a collective general standpoint what's going on because people can see the constant gaslighting of the corporate media uh, constantly being lied essentially being psychologically abused over mm -hmm. and over and over along with all these other institutions of control the medical you know pharmaceutical industry uh, et cetera, et cetera. well what we saw in, in the mary henry case going from general to the specific back to the general again is we saw a level of deception with the Mary Henry case, which is a classic. If one were to like gain the kind of understanding that, that exists within the case, for example, it was an example where she thought that she was in contact with benevolent beings, that she allowed these benevolent beings, what she perceived to be benevolent beings, to begin to communicate with her. And then this manifested in automatic writing. They began giving her all these prophecies, kind of the rapture scenario, which mm -hmm. we discussed. And then ultimately she began having intercourse with one of the beings that she was in, in contact with. And this being took on the appearance of Jerry Reed, a, a well-known uh, at the time, a country and Western singer mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. I think the guy appeared in TV shows and movies too. Yeah, it was an old uh, guitar, country guitar singer named Jim Reeves. Jimmy Reed, I'm sorry. Jim Reeves, yeah. Yeah. And then it just went on from there. Things degenerated. It took a very dark black magic turn. Uh, so, so give us your thoughts on that because it has to do with a lot of the stuff we're talking about. The, the Babylonian, uh, yeah. reptilian, dark magic, dark Cupid aspects. It's amazing how, um, in, in some respects, I think Barbara Bartholek had a, a genius uh, case that demonstrated all these elements that tied together in a way that was um, undeniable of the connections between the malevolent aspect of the false light ET involved in abductions and channeling and prophecies, and even to the point of you know rapture, and then being involved in um, let's say the sexual connection between this spirit guide who claimed to be this dead guitar player named Jim Reeves. But it started out as ET-based um, writings, automatic writing of you know you're being chosen as a you know, to be a voice for this ETs and what's going to happen in the future. And you have a very important role and it's classic um, ET contactee types of messages, but this deteriorated into a, you know, basically an incubi, succubi, demonic sexual connection. Um, when I, it was probably a reptilian. I think she discovered that the gym, he was, the reptilian was masquerading as this, you know, uh, 
guitar player who was one of her favorites that I think one of the things about it was that he had a certain love song that was played over and over in her mind and in her memory that triggered her broken heart. And this goes back to how reptilians will go back into the memory of someone to trigger a traumatic memory to extract louche or to gain entry into their wounds, which seems to allow them entry. So that actually was the entry point where she was shown, heard this song, and, and then it brought back all these memories. And then she felt love and advanced as by this being that were actually pleasant, right? Pleasant sexual, you know, Kundalini rising kinds of stuff with psychic abilities and her arthritis was healed in her hands. So there was this benevolent aspect of this being, you know, making love to her that was phenomenal connected to these ET guides, you know? So, but it did deteriorate into basically a form of demonic oppression and eventual um, possession or, um, almost near possession where she had to get exercised and and helped and I'm just amazed that you know these kinds of things are overlooked where people are not able to see what I call the forest for the trees to see the connections between things and how they operate um, in a larger scale so that people kind of get caught up in the minutiae of oh well that's not that that's this and you know I'm special and people get caught up in this specialness of you know these et contacts and it was just classic um deception on multiple levels that that i think that was overlooked by most researchers and um you know and her her vulnerabilities i think were chosen in a classic love bite but in her case the love bite was with this um spirit guide who was really a reptilian right but she later actually did have love bites um that were set up with real human beings afterwards so this continued on actually even after the case even that i didn't write about so it just goes to tell you that um you know she led on and allowed this into her life because she was lonely and she was traumatized and she was you know a, mo a mom of like eight kids and her husband was gone and it wasn't a good marriage and then she had classic abductions happen earlier in her life that was recalled through hypnosis but it wasn't until Barbie worked with her that she got the screen memories got underneath some of the screen memories to find out what really happened and what was the nature of these beings so just goes to tell you that there's so much more involved but the reptilian was definitely the one behind the you know pretending to be this you know dead singer lover and, and then it escalated into a near demonic possession with all kinds of really bizarre, um, bizarre things. It, it's in my book, actually, The Dark Side of Cupid, called um, Mariah and the Spirit Guide is the name of the chapter. And I, I couldn't recount the whole thing, um, but I know that you know about this case because we spoke about it with Barbara Bartlett years yeah, ago. Yeah, and there was a couple of aspects to it which, you know, bear repeating it, and it shows the the, the fact that some aspects of, of the ET interdimensional, hyperdimensional uh, malign influence is directly connected to the Luciferian black magic aspect. Because yeah. after she had gotten into the automatic writing, essentially allowing this entity to work through her and then essentially take over her for a while, yeah. then she began having these intrusive thoughts these mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder thoughts that were quite uh quite disturbing such as yeah 
pour scalding hot coffee on her children. Okay, yeah. these were these were the thoughts she kept getting. She'd have a pot of coffee in her hand, and there's a little yeah. kid. And it's like pour the coffee on the kid. You know, uh, it was like an opening of the invasiveness of not just one entity that was coming through in the automatic writing, and then these sexual liaisons that happened with this Jim Reeves slash, you know, shape shifting reptilian. But it it seemed to escalate into more and more entities of a certain type and what was interesting is that in her original abduction when she recalled uh, an abduction where she was on her way to work and there was you know uh, I think at least an hour and a half of missing time at least if not more and then some of the entities had these uh, black caps on that had a widow's peak type of hairline and they were tall Nordic types that she saw but I think she saw four fingers instead of five it was just kind of weird I'm trying to remember where I'm going with this now. I lost my train of thought. But the entities involved were the same that came through. Like, for example, um, as the basically reptilian and demonic forces became more um, invasive, she started hearing more voices, not just the one who was part of the spirit guide messages that came through that was supposedly you know, a group of ETs, basically, or one main ET, but there was actually a group of them. So... What happened is that when she had the sexual liaisons with this entity, it would be she went into this dissociative state, looked outside her body, and then she could see herself as another woman who was one of these, you know, widow's peak, dark haired women who was dressed like a witch, like in a, and then being made love to by the, by the reptilian entity. So it, it escalated into something that appeared like a, witch's sabbath ritual where she was on an altar having sex with this entity while there was like witches going around and a counterclockwise thing you know doing this chanting so you know a simple thing escalated into basically near demonic possession and more and more entities that were involved with a kind of ritualistic uh, manifestation that she was able to observe out of body with what was happening on another dimensional level while they were feeding on her sexual energy so, and, you know, the whole widow's peak thing and how they appeared like classic vampire beings, like, what was that Adam's family? Remember when they had like the widow's peak hairline and the dark hair? Well, that was how they appeared in her, um, how she saw these entities who were involved with the ritual aspect. So it just kind of escalated into uh, more and more of the invasiveness of not just one entity, but, oh, but it was a group of ETs. Then pretty soon it was like a group of like demonic friggin' beings who were doing these weird rituals. So it begs the it, it opened a door big time. Yeah, it allowed... a door. And, but still, I mean, even with the classic story, and it was basically, oh, you know, the earth's going to go through all these changes, which it is, volcanoes and, you know, tidal waves and earthquakes and, oh, people being raptured and saved by ETs. And then, and then nothing happened, right? She ended up dying, right? So nothing ever happened in her life. But they, they were given her the storyline and the special job of being, you know, a, a mouthpiece for these benevolent ETs are going to come save us during the rapture. And that never happened. So it begs the question of even these belief systems that people are still holding. I mean, I'm very skeptical about rapture um, narratives that it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. Well, we talked before we began recording here about Arthur C. Clarke, the uh, well-known science fiction writer 
who was a known CIA asset. He was a pedophile. And his first novel was Childhood's End. And I watched a documentary about this and, and they drew some uh, full color illustrations uh, depicting what the story was about. So they had these storyboards, uh, cartoon kind of, but not cartoonish, but you know, very good illustrations of what the story was about. And in general, the story was about these benevolent beings, very much of a V scenario. Mm -hmm. If, if people remember the original V series and then the remake, right? Yeah. Where these benevolent beings uh, showed up and they had all these signs and wonders and wanted to uplift humanity. And then even in the uh, illustrations in this documentary, it turned out that these benevolent beings, they depicted them as Dracos, as, as winged reptilian beings. And in the end, you know, the final, uh, you know, storyboard panel, illustration shows all these humans, particularly children, being levitated up into the sky, presumably into a big ship, right? Wow. And this ties into Barbie Bartholik's, uh, what she called the cattle car scenario, okay. where many people that she'd work with had uh, either consciously or uh, in regression were told and shown by beings, by reptilians also, of this potential future scenario outcome where these large craft would land, all these zombied out passive humans, docile humans, under some form of mind control would be led onto the craft and then taken away. And, and it was a like that old Twilight Zone episode mm -hmm. to serve man scenario. They were being taken away for consumption elsewhere right yeah. and we we know those things already happen underground yes the the processing plants and and we we know that a lot of humans are being taken off world as part of this cosmic trafficking program it's not just yes. trafficking on earth mm -hmm. they're just they're being you know uh, trafficked elsewhere and you know, one of our colleagues, a dear friend of ours who since passed away, so I think we can talk about yeah. her her findings and her information, Colleen Johnston, oh, yeah. which was a, a fascinating and there were dark, troubling aspects yeah. to her information too, because uh, I still won't say the name of the cult leader that she at a karmic level had infiltrated because her followers may still be around, yeah. even though this cult leader has since carked it, i.e. died, right? Yeah. But long story short, Colleen Johnston was the transmedium, the channeler for this particular group. And let's say the name of this cult leader, well, we'll call her, we'll call her Cindy. My apologies to all the Cindy's out there, okay? And yeah. There was an inner circle and then there was an outer circle. And the inner circle of, of Cindy's, they got the real scoop. They got the real information. The people on the outside, and of course, and it's just an initiatory thing, depending on their level of trustworthiness, how far along they move in their studies and their disciplines and their initiations, would determine if they're ever let into the inner circle. So the people on the outer circle were not given the real information. They were just fed pablum. The people in the inner circle had a good idea what was going on. And essentially what was going on, folks, was 
Colleen Johnston was a trans medium. She would allow these Draco to possess her. Yeah. And they would then give forth all this information to Cindy, Cindy, the cult leader. And this, this was undiluted. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Q drops. These were like Draco drops. Oh, yes. I mean, it, hardcore, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it was not sugar-coated with this highfalutin New Age Lottie Dot stuff. It was like, you will do this. You will do <laughs> this. This is what's going on. This is what's going on, right? Yeah. And Colleen would not be consciously aware of any of this. Because she had been taken over. Yeah. Now, the recordings were made, transcriptions were made, and then she would look, look back and, and read all the stuff that had come out and listen to the recordings, and her mind would be blown because these Dracos would be talking about world domination, control, and you know enslavement of humanity. And they were working through the Cindy woman, right, who actually got in comms with me at a certain point and tried to you know buddy up with me. Yeah. And on one occasion, because it very, very cult-like, Colleen was living in like a compound, you know, living in this commune mm -hmm. with this cult. Mm -hmm. And she heard a sound late at night. So Colleen opens the door, looks out into the corridor. And there's Cindy being led out, led down the corridor by these Draco, right? So mm -hmm. it's not just that they were coming through in these transmissions to Colleen and Colleen was turning around and giving this information to the inner circle of the cult. She'd seen, she'd eyeballed Colleen had the actual Draco in physical manifestation leading Cindy out to do something with her. Cindy seemed to be in this very docile kind of transfigurated state, right? Uh, mind controlled state. So it's another example where even within the cult itself, <clears throat> the ones in the outer circle, they were just given pablum. They were just yes. given this metaphysical bunkum to kind of confuse and mislead them. And in the inner circle, they were, they were told directly by the Draco, and these Draco on occasion would manifest, like in that case I just described, and they would tell them what's going on, what's really going on. And and this also dovetails with when Barbie Bartholik had infiltrated that, that cult in, in Washington State, where there was an underground processing plant. Uh, many of these people in the cult on the surface were part of this cult where they basically give up all their worldly possessions and they come under the malign influence of this woman blonde-haired woman who was a channeler, et cetera, et cetera, well-known. I'm not going to say her name. On one occasion, they, they did the uh, channeler lady did this exercise where she made everyone wear a, a mask over their eyes, right? And she would walk up, the channeler would walk up and down the aisles of, of, this, of this lecture hall. And Barbie, being Barbie, kind of <laughs> tilted her head back and looked beneath the blindfold to see what was going on she saw this channeler woman and her eyes were like red and she was like <laughs> full-on like monster mode right and barbie goes Ooh, and then you know wow. makes like she's just blindfolded like all the rest but see that's an example that you were just pointing out that what seems to be this new age spiritual 
uh, essentially harmless uh, yeah. for uh, you know set of teachings. There, there's a dark undercurrent uh, into it, which, and, and I look around now. We, we just did that that panel not too long ago about the divine goddess, the, the oh, yes. divine right. feminine, and yeah, yeah, and, and all the hate that was meted out, particularly to to uh, Laura Matsu and to to Kelsey, right? Mm -hmm. And and they both bared their souls. They talked about yeah. Kelsey talked about how she felt the power. And yeah. I hope I'm not, you know, uh, misquoting her, but she felt the power of this Draco energy coming through her yeah. to it the point, yeah, yeah, to the point where she, she could have made, and she did make for a time, these males eat out of the palm of her hand, basically. Mm -hmm. She had that power working through her. Yes. And, and she could have taken the path of least resistance and just keep doing that, keep making money, keep manipulating all these males. But she mm. fought against it. She fought against yeah. it. She worked against it, healed, and now she's sharing her story. And she gets hammered anyway because it shatters that illusion that so oh, many yeah. women out there of, oh, I'm a you know embodiment of the divine feminine. And then just really quickly, because I want to hear your take on this. <laughs> See, women can get away with that. Women can say, oh, I'm a embodiment of the divine feminine. A guy can't get away with that. I mean, we'll yeah. get bricks thrown at us. <laughs> Look what happened to David Icke. Oh, I'm the son of God, and you know, for decades thereafter, people would point at him and laugh on the street, right? But yeah. women, for whatever reason, have a free pass when they say, "I'm a divine goddess, manifested, incarnated on Earth," right? So when Laura and and Kelsey and others come along to point out, wait, wait, there's some pitfalls to that whole concept. There's some dark aspects to that, where yeah. the wrong kind of energies, the wrong kind of intelligences, start working through you. You start to develop all this temporal power. Men start eating out of the palm of your hand, but you're being manipulated and used for a darker, greater agenda. So, you know, I just yeah. decided to throw all that out there from Colleen Johnston, from, you know, the panel that we did, and just would like your thoughts on that, Evie. Well, actually, I'm glad you reiterated Colleen's case because I actually had forgotten about a lot of the, the things that you shared but I do remember where one of the women in the cult, that was her friend who Colleen actually got out of it when she realized it was dark. Um, but then she had a friend who was struggling to get out, who um, had to go through a, an exorcism where she got taken over by an entity. And then she had to basically help um, this woman for many hours, you know, for like 48 hours or whatever it was during a complete demonic possession and a depossession that took place, which, you know, suggest that, you know, sometimes the channeling could lead to that depending on what's working, what windows they open. But the other thing that I'm sure it's kind of a no brainer, but with the outer circle of the channeling and what Colleen was also involved in earlier and which really she, she's, she was the kind of person who just wanted to help other people and heal. And she had a natural psychic ability and I guess it was the healing ability. And I don't know if it started with Reiki or whatever it was, but they actually did do genuine healings through these benevolent light beings that they believed were benevolent light beings and they did do genuine healings right which is the uh, what you would call it the um there's the word in the intelligence circles but basically how to give them the the positive um enough of the positive behaviors to pull them in in the false construct 
of being, you know, pulled in with the dark side. So they always have to give you a little bit of fodder of the good stuff to, to pull you in, which is genuinely just healing. But then on the other side of it is on the inner circle. Well, this is really a operation of control and destruction on a higher level, you know, of these higher beings that are completely taking advantage of people who had no idea. I'm trying to remember there was another thing you brought up. Um, what was the other question or the other um well, I, I brought up the, the cult that Barbie had infiltrated in Washington State. Uh, it was run by a shapeshifter woman, reptilian. Uh, there happened to be a large reptilian processing plant underground nearby where some of the members of the cult on the surface had been taken underground to oh, this oh. reptilian processing plant and seen the bodies going down the conveyor belts and, and seen you know the bodies being dismembered and what have you which again folks this is th yeah. this is rubber meets the road stuff one, yeah, yeah. one thing about the q drops is it still keeps things at a surface even though they talk about underground bases and children being rescued etc cetera, etc cetera, something that we all want to happen right it's nowhere does it go anywhere near the non-human reptilian aspects it's it's again it's still just humans that are uh, ultimately still behind feel all this heard this on another interview. I don't mean to interrupt. Um, and it was somebody who was heavily involved in the behind the scenes rescuing and knowing about, you know, who they're rescuing, what they do, what they see. But they they did not really talk about the reptilian element. And they seem to think, well, it's just humans doing this to humans. But you have to understand there is this malevolent aspect of other human involvement that they tend to poo-poo and act as if it doesn't exist. So they still kind of have this black and white thinking just like we met in the old days. Remember in the old days when, you know, people would be coming out about their MK Ultra experiences and maybe in the SRA bloodlines or the um, satanic ritual abuse types of Illuminati bloodline family members who were put through trauma-based mind control. And some of them would come out to talk about that, but then they would just completely poo-poo the alien stuff and the reptilian stuff and say, well, it's either all demonic or it's all human and it's all mind control. And they'd still have this um, black and white thinking, which is actually part of the problem of what I call the manifestations of trauma itself. We we'll want to see things in black and white terms. So I think it's not just a black and white thing that there's, there's much more complexity involved with um, the reptilians. But one of the things I wanted to say was that I, I did have a one of these my lab dream experiences, and I had shared this with you years ago, of um, being shown a processing plant of sorts, and whether or not this was a real you know physical event or I'm just being shown this in kind of remote viewing images. But I remember seeing that like you know the classic conveyor belt with body parts on it. And another experience where being taken underground, um, where humans are working in conjunction with aliens with certain reptilians. Um, and I don't know um, if you've heard this from others, but seeing um, a particular type of reptilian underground that would be kept in these special rooms that were like windows, but they were enclosed in a type of UV light for some reason. And then when they fed these, these are reptilians that were black and they had like more of a horn kind of thing. And it was a different type of reptilian, but it would be in these UV type of enclosed in, in glass wall cages. And then when they would feed them, they would, they had these drop open 
lids that come from the ceiling and they were, they're able to move them. So they opened up and then these cages would come out. And then inside the cages was like prepubescent blonde naked children that they would basically consume. And that there were humans working down there, basically in charge of helping to basically feed these beings and why they were keeping these reptilians down there and feeding them is anybody's guess why they're doing that. But I've heard other reports years ago, and this was, remember when I interviewed Andy Perro, who was the Montauk boy, and this was before they even called the secret space program and all that super soldier stuff. But he remembered seeing underground bases, women and children in cages screaming for help. And also the presence of reptilians doing, you know, consumption of infant children, you know, like terrible, you know, cannibalism, acts of cannibalism, and as well as other things. So this was reported back in 1998 in some of my earlier interviews, but then nobody really wanted to believe. They just, they thought it was crazy. And that kind of came out with some of Arizona Wilder's original testimony with David Icke and some of those things. But even now it's like, it's taken this long for people to finally, oh, you know, these things are happening and they can only think, oh, well, maybe it's just human trafficking and it's just sex trafficking. And well, maybe there's some cannibalism, but they still don't get the degree of the involvement and the degree of corruption and that has been kept, you know, under the basically hidden, hidden from everyone. It's just, yeah. Well, they don't understand also the nature of the initiatory rights for these fraternal orders for also the, the, the female equivalent in these dark priestess orders that first of all like you pointed out they're largely from these hybridized bloodlines secondly there's this the incarnational karmic aspect where the same familiar entities familiar spirits track these family bloodlines track these individual uh, as ed casey would have said soul entities these particular mm -hmm. souls they seem to know when they're going to reincarnate into what families and the same mm -hmm. entities that worked and manipulated through them in previous incarnations are there again because they yeah. exist in a timeless realm and you know they're not constrained by time factors like like we are right mm -hmm. so they don't understand that as they progress up the initiatory ladder and they're expect to do more and more sorted things yeah in, and conduct ceremonies in vortex ridden places that are designed to take place in vortex portal areas yeah, right Open so they, they get taken up and pretty soon that you know because the entities the the souls that they were sharing to begin with were these non-human entities reptilians and other entities to begin with like a hillary clinton type would have been corrupted from birth. I mean, they would have, she would have been born, conceived, all that on specific days, specific times. Yeah, moon child. Ritual. Moon child stuff, astronomical alignments, all that stuff plays a role. And so when, when they come around again, right, then they're automatically brought into the fold, put through all the initiations. And so as time goes on, more of what was in there initially, that non-human aspect, comes out more and more and more and more and pretty soon they could just completely take it over it's not even really a t takeover it was like this is what it was meant to be anyway yeah. uh, there were just this host vessel it was understood at a higher level that they would be taken up by a particular 
entity or entities. And so that's what's missing from a lot of these surface level types where they, they recognize that, okay, there are um, these evil humans, but they don't realize that they're not right. even quite human. Yeah. And, and like they have a soul, like it, it, I always question whether, when they talk about the fallen angels who had basically mated with humans to create the Nephilim, which were the hybrid, original hybrid serpent race of sorts, maybe. And I don't know if I know this correctly, but they would have to have the souls of their, you know, one of their parents. So some of them might've had souls and some of them didn't. Or the, I think the genetics could have been corrupted in the downline and some of them and, and not some of them, right? So that the corrupted genetics made them become basically cannibals, right? They had become blood drinking, flesh eating cannibals of like psychopathology, right? So there's some kind of corrupted element within these hybrid lines of the fallen ones, although not all of them in the families are like that at all. Some of them are like wonderful people who get out and they tell the truth and they're just blessed by the spirit of God and they come and tell the truth. But there's something really creepy about it in terms of the hosting and the possessing. And I think that one of the things somebody had told me in an interview, it was the Scandinavian Maya lab. And I mentioned this before, but her sense of genetics was that she knew she had augmented genetics from being genetically modified as one of these MyLabs in an abduction um, program. But one of her, she was in the Draco program. So she had part Draco or believed herself to be a Draco in another life. But it was actually the Draco that was hosting, I don't know if her bloodline, something, they stay embedded in bloodlines or they come in like, I don't know viruses that aren't activated until a certain time and so if you accept the consciousness of the being let's say you accept the possession of the entity through a ritual or whatever and then once that's activated in your consciousness then it expresses the hybrid genetics more fully in the body and otherwise it would be like in remission if you don't express the consciousness or accept it or have it fully be activated in you it's like and the then, energetic frequency yeah. And the intent behind it activates the DNA. So that might make them, let's say, if they fully accepted the entity, then it activates a type of um, augmented or hybridized genetics, which would may maybe make them have the appearance of full-on shape-shifting in a physical way. So some of them, I think, do have full-on shape-shifting capabilities. And I've heard that by some SRA survivors, that one of their altered personalities is actually a shape-shifting reptilian. Oh, yes. And the notion of shape-shifting long predated uh, David Icke's information, long predated a lot of we, we've known about it for a long time. And it's not just that people shape-shift into reptilians. They can shape-shift into other beings as well. And in the ET scheme of things, a little broader cosmic perspective, shape-shifting amongst ET races is, is fairly common. Well, we've reached the end of a fascinating uh, and thought-provoking discussion with our guest, Evie Lorgan. Uh, Evie, uh, please give your, your website information uh, to, to our, uh, our listeners and viewers. Okay, well, my website is um, evelorgan.com or alienlovebite.com. 
and I have all kinds of articles and you can also get both my books through directly through my website or through me. And there's a contact form for you to contact me because one of my books will no longer be available after the end of the year. The, the Dark Side of Cupid will only be available through me in a hard copy until I get things squared away with Amazon. So get it while you can basically because it might go offline. So um, yeah. And then I have a new article on my website too about um, disguised grief and emotional blocks to disguise grief and how to go through that healing process. So um, yeah. And to our dear listeners out there, um, if you like what we do, if you believe in what we do, please go to the cosmic switchboard.com sign up and become a member and we'll see you at the top of the next segment. <laughs> 